Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Previously On in association with Sky Atlantic a podcast series created to help you through some of the most complex yet brilliant television ever made. Game of Thrones, Season 4. This season begins with Tywin Lannister melting down ice, the Valyrian steel greatsword of House Stark, and reforging it as two new swords. He gives one to Jamie, who he dismisses as Lord Commander of the King's Guard so he can rule Casterly Rock in Tywin's place. When Jamie refuses to go, Tywin disowns him but allows Jamie to keep the sword. Outside King's Landing, Tyrion, his squire Podrick and Bronn wait the arrival of Prince Doran Martell of Dorne, which is the southernmost region of Westeros. The two families share a long-standing hatred of each other. Tyrion learns that Prince Doran's younger brother, Oberyn, who is renowned for his fighting skills and infinite libido, has already arrived in Doran's absence. Oberyn takes his pick of the men and women at Littlefinger's brothel alongside his lover, Ilaria Sand, who is a bastard. Tyrion arrives and Oberyn tells him he's seeking revenge for the death of his sister Elia and her two children during Robert's rebellion. During the invasion of King's Landing in the final days of the war, the children were killed by Lannister troops and Elia was raped and murdered by the Mountain. Oberyn believes Tywin authorised these murders and asks Tyrion to tell his father that the Lannisters aren't the only ones who pay their debts. In the Red Keep, Tyrion is visited by Shay, who tries to rekindle their relationship. When Tyrion rejects her advances, she is furious and accuses him of trying to ship her off to the Free Cities she's spotted by one of Sansa's handmaidens. Kyburn fits Jaime with a gold prosthetic hand to replace the one he lost. Cersei rejects his advances, demanding he apologises for leaving her alone whilst he was captured. In the north, Egret and Tormund await orders from Mance Raider. Egret is still furious at Jon Snow for betraying her, remember he legged it last season, and Tormund says she deliberately allowed Jon to survive. They're joined by a group of Thens, who are a cannibalistic wildling clan led by Steyr. At Castle Black, Jon admits to Sir Alice Thorne, Janos Slint and Maester Aemon that he killed Corrin Halfhand, but tries to explain that it was part of Corrin's own plan to infiltrate the wildlings. He also confesses to breaking his vows by sleeping with Egret and tells the men everything he knows about the wildling invasion. While Thorne and Slint want to execute Jon, Maester Aemon lets him go. Daenerys and her army are on the road to Marine, which is another slaver city in Essos. She notices that her dragons aren't as obedient as they once were. 
Dario Naharis also advises her to learn the culture of Marine if she wants to rule it. They discover a dead slave child tied to a post and learn that there is a body nailed to every mile post on the road to Marine. Sir Barristan offers to send a party ahead to take the children down, but Daenerys insists she looks at every child as they pass. Back in King's Landing, Brienne reminds Jamie of the vow he made to return the Stark daughters to their mother. With Catelyn dead and Sansa being married to Tyrion, Jamie argues that things are now slightly more complicated. Traumatised by news of her mother and brother's death, Sansa visits the Godswood to be alone where she encounters Dontos the Fool, the former knight whose life she saved. Dontos thanks her for saving him and gives her a crystal necklace that once belonged to his mother. In the Riverlands, the Hound tells Arya he is bringing her to Lysa Arryn. They reach an inn where some Lannister soldiers are resting, including Poliver, the guard who killed Arya's friend Lommie and stole Needle, her sword, from her. Poliver recognises the Hound and invites him to join them as they rape and pillage on the way back to King's Landing, but instead a fight breaks out. Arya stabs Poliver and reclaims Needle. Arya and the Hound then steal the men's horses and ride through the desolate countryside. Roose Bolton arrives at the Dreadfords, the ancestral castle of House Bolton, where Ramsay is holding Theon with his new wife Walder, one of Walder Frey's granddaughters. Ramsay's torture broke Theon's spirit so much he's now Ramsay's servant and has been renamed Reek. Roose scolds Ramsay for castrating Theon as Roose planned to trade him to the Greyjoys in exchange for an important fortification, Moat Caelin. To demonstrate his control over Theon, Ramsay gives him a razor and Theon obediently shaves him despite Ramsay revealing that Roose killed Rob Stark. Theon confesses he didn't kill Bran and Rickon after all, so Roose orders Locke to find and kill them, suspecting they may have joined Jon Snow at Castle Black. He also commands Ramsay and Theon to retake Moat Caelin, suggesting that he will legitimise Ramsay as his true son if he succeeds. In King's Landing, Jaime feels weakened by the loss of his right hand and worries that people will learn he can't fight as well with his left, so Tyrion gets Bronn to teach Jaime to fight Southpaw. Varys tells Tyrion he was seen meeting Shay and that the news will soon reach Tywin. Cersei proves his point. At their wedding breakfast, Marjorie's father, Mace Tyrell, gives them a golden wedding cup, which Joffrey receives pretty graciously by his standards. Tyrion gives them a copy of The Lives of Four Kings, a book about the Targaryen dynasty that is considered essential reading for all rulers. Joffrey's less enthused by this gift. Finally, Tywin gives his grandson the second of the two Valyrian steel swords he had made from ice, Ned Stark's sword. Joffrey's delighted and uses the sword to cut Tyrion's gift in half, naming the blade Widow's Wail. Tyrion tries unsuccessfully to convince Shay to leave for her own safety. Realising he must hurt her feelings to save her life, he lies to her, saying he could never really love a whore. Bronn is asked to take a heartbroken Shay to a Pentos-bound ship. On the beach at Dragonstone, Melisandre burns three people at the stake as a sacrifice. One of the men is Axel Florence, Stannis's brother-in-law. Axel begs his sister, Stannis's wife Selyse, to spare him, but she's such a devout follower of the Lord of the Light, she ignores him. At dinner that night, Stannis and Selyse argue about their daughter Shireen, whose face is scarred by Grayscale. Grayscale not only disfigures its sufferers, it's almost always fatal, but Shireen is the only known survivor of the disease. Selyse believes her daughter's ailment was a punishment from the Lord of the Light for being stubborn and wants to beat her. Stannis refuses to let this happen, but allows Melisandre to visit her. 
Beyond the wall, Bran wargs into his direwolf summer and kills a doe. After Mira wakes him, Jojen warns Bran that it's dangerous to spend too much time inside the animals as he risks forgetting what it's like to be human. They stop at a weirwood and Bran has a vision of the three-eyed raven as well as images of the red keep covered in snow, his fall at Winterfell and dragons flying over Westeros. A voice tells Bran to look for me beneath the tree, north. Back in King's Landing, Joffrey and Marjorie are finally married. At the wedding celebrations, Bronn confirms to Tyrion that Shay boarded the ship to Pentos and advises Tyrion to drown his sorrows. Elena gives Sansa her condolences for the deaths of Catelyn and Rob, saying it's especially awful to murder someone at a wedding. Elsewhere, tensions also run high, particularly between Cersei and Brienne, and also Oberyn regarding his sister's rape and murder, noting that Cersei's daughter Marcella currently resides in his hometown of Dawn. Joffrey is in full Machiavellian Pratt mode and announces a play about the War of the Five Kings with the rulers played by dwarves. Sansa's upset by their depiction of Rob's murder and Loras leaves in anger at the homophobic portrayal of Renly. Tyrion then insults Joffrey and the king demands his uncle act as his cupbearer. Sansa hands Tyrion Joffrey's golden cup and he pours some wine. As Joffrey eats the traditional wedding pie, he downs the wine and begins to choke. Jamie and Cersei run to Joffrey's side as he collapses and vomits. As Joffrey convulses, the fool Sir Dontos approaches Sansa and tells her to follow him if she wants to live. In news that will upset hardly anyone, Joffrey dies in his mother's arms and Cersei commands the King's Guard to arrest Tyrion for Joffrey's murder. We begin in the immediate aftermath of Joffrey's death. Cersei's guard sees Tyrion as Sansa and Sir Dontos take advantage of the chaos to flee. Tywin demands that the gates of the city are barred and ships are searched in order to find her. Sansa and Sir Dontos meet Littlefinger on a ship moored further away from the capital and Sir Dontos is murdered to cover Littlefinger's tracks. Sansa learns that the necklace Sir Dontos gave her wasn't really a family heirloom but was given to him by Littlefinger to deliver. Back in King's Landing, Marjorie discusses her unlucky marriages with Elena. As her relationship with Joffrey was unconsummated, Marjorie can't call herself Queen. In the set, Tywin begins to groom Joffrey's good-natured younger brother Tommen for the throne. Jamie consoles Cersei as they visit Joffrey's body lying in state. Cersei is convinced that Tyrion will escape justice if given a trial and asks Jamie to kill him, but he refuses. When Cersei rejects his advances, Jamie rapes her mere inches away from their son's dead body. This is Game of Thrones, guys. Arya and the Hound continue on their journey to the Eyrie and are given shelter by a local farmer for the night. The next morning, the Hound attacks the farmer, stealing their silver, and rationalises it as natural selection, which angers Arya. At Castle Black, Sam worries that Gilly might be raped by someone from the Night's Watch, so finds her and Little Sam accommodation in a nearby town. At Dragonstone, Stannis is furious with Davos for helping Gendry escape. He's learned of Joffrey's death, but is unable to seize the opportunity without an army and doesn't have the gold to pay for swords from Essos. Davos asks young Shireen to write a letter to the Iron Bank under Stannis' name. Tywin meets with Oberyn, who expresses his condolences for Joffrey's death. Tywin suspects Oberyn was involved as the prince studied poisons at the Citadel. The Citadel is the headquarters of the Order of Maesters. Oberyn accuses Tywin of ordering his sister's murder. Tywin says if Oberyn agrees to serve on the small council and be a judge at Tyrion's trial, then he'll give Oberyn access to the mountain. 
Podrick tells Tyrion he's to be tried in two weeks. Tyrion orders his squire to bring Jaime to his cell and then get out of King's Landing as he doesn't want Pod to die for him. In the north, the Thens and Wildlings raid a village and send a young boy named Ollie to Castle Black to inform the Night's Watch. Sir Alistair says they must prioritise the protection of the wall over finding the Wildlings, and John agrees. He also realises he must kill the mutineers holed up at Craster's Keep, or else Mance Raider will learn how weak the Night's Watch is. Remember John lied and told him that Castle Black was guarded by a thousand men. In Essos, Daenerys is met by the champion of Marine, who challenges Daenerys' own champion. Grey Worm, Jorah and Ser Barristan all ask to fight for Daenerys, but she chooses Dario Naharis. Dario swiftly dispatches the champion, and Daenerys orders her catapults to fire on Marine, loaded with the broken collars of the slaves she freed in Astapor and Yunkai. It's pretty badass. We begin just outside Marine, where Daenerys's army are camping. Grey Worm leads a group of Unsullied into the city. He convinces the slaves inside to rebel against their masters. The uprising proves a great success, and Daenerys takes Marine, meaning she has now conquered all three cities of Slaver's Bay. Down in King's Landing, Bronn continues to put Jaime through his paces during sword training and convinces him he should visit the imprisoned Tyrion. During the visit, Jaime tells his brother that Cersei asked him to kill him, and Tyrion convinces Jaime he is innocent of Joffrey's murder. However, he does acknowledge that Cersei desperately wants his head on a spike. Jaime tells Tyrion that Cersei would also like Sansa's head on a spike, and has offered a knighthood to whoever can capture her. Out at sea, Sansa is headed for the Eyrie aboard Littlefinger's ship. She asks Littlefinger if he killed Joffrey. He tells her that he has new powerful allies and that the king's death was a gift to them, mentioning the stone missing from her necklace contained the poison that killed Joffrey. Back in King's Landing, Elena tells Marjorie she must act quickly with the new King Tommen because Cersei will try and turn him against her. The talk turns to Joffrey's death and Elena says she knows Tyrion didn't kill him, adding she would never have let Marjorie marry that beast. The plot thickens. At Castle Black, Jon trains some new recruits including Locke and young Ollie. Alyssa puts a stop to it, reminding John he's only a steward, not a ranger. Afterward, Locke introduces himself falsely to John as a former game warden from the Stormlands. Janos Slint points out to Alyssa that John would likely win when the time comes to elect a new Lord Commander, and suggests sending him to deal with the mutineers at Craster's Keep in the hope that he gets killed. Marjorie makes her first moves in winning the affections of Tommen in King's Landing, and he doesn't exactly complain. Elsewhere, Jamie asks Brienne to find and protect Sansa. He gifts her his sword of Valyrian steel, which she names Oathkeeper, some shiny new armour, and the services of Podrick as a squire. Inside Castle Black, Alice sends John to deal with the mutineers at Craster's Keep. John assembles a small group, including the new recruit, Locke. At Craster's, Carl Tanner, leader of the mutineers, drinks wine from the skull of Gior Mormont as his men rape and feast. Craster's last child, a baby boy, is brought to Carl as the women declare it a gift for the gods. He commands Rast to leave the child outside with the White Walkers, which he does. The cries of the baby are heard by Bran in their camp close by. He wargs into his direwolf summer and investigates. Whilst warging, he sees John's wolf, Ghost, but falls into a trap and wakes up. They're all captured by the mutineers. Jojen has a seizure and Mira begs to help him, but Carl holds a blade to her throat, only releasing her when Bran reveals his true identity. In the far north, a white walker rides alone, cradling Craster's last son. It places the baby upon an altar before a mountain, as a line of gathered white walkers look on. 
One strides forward, strikingly different in appearance to the others. It cradles the baby, then presses a fingernail to its cheek, turning the child's eyes ice blue. King's Landing welcomes a new ruler as King Tommen is crowned. The news of Joffrey's short reign and lengthy death reaches Daenerys in Marine. Dario Naharis informs her his second sons have taken the Marinese navy. The possibility of sailing her armies to take King's Landing is raised. However, she's told the cities of Yunkai and Astapor have returned to their old ways. The wise masters are back in control of Yunkai, while in Astapor, Daenerys's council has been overthrown by a self-appointed imperial majesty named Cleon. Daenerys informs Jorah she will, for now, stay in Marine and rule as queen. Littlefinger and Sansa arrive in the Vale of Arryn. Littlefinger has Sansa cover her red hair, a renowned Tully trait, and introduces her at the gate as his niece. Lady Liza knows Sansa's true identity and welcomes her to the Eyrie. When alone, Liza expresses her desire to marry Littlefinger that day and mentions all she has done for him, including poisoning her former husband, John Arryn, and telling Catelyn it was the Lannisters. An uncomfortable Littlefinger agrees to the marriage. Actually, it's worth reiterating here, listeners, that pretty much everything that's happened so far, every battle, every death, has been because Ned believed that the Lannisters killed Robert's hand. That's Littlefinger for you. Liza's unhinged and jealous nature is exposed as she talks with Sansa, demanding to know why Littlefinger is risking his life to help the daughter of a woman who didn't love him, and tells her once Tyrion is executed, Sansa will be married to Robin, her breastfeeding weirdo son. The Hound watches Arya train in the Riverlands. He mocks her style, insulting her deceased trainer, Sirio Pharrell, who was killed by Meryn Trant. Arya attacks him, but a blade can't penetrate his armour. He tells us Sirio's dead because Meryn had armour and a bigger sword. Over in King's Landing, Cersei asks Prince Oberyn about her daughter Marcella. He tells her she's happy, as they don't hurt little girls in Dawn. Little clap back there. She asks him to take a ship back to Sunspear as a gift, having missed her last name day, which is similar to her birthday, and he agrees. North of the Wall, Locke reports back to John after scouting Craster's Keep, which contains the mutineers. He insists they strike soon, as the mutineers are drunk, and lies that the hut where Bran is prisoner only contains dogs, so John steers clear of it. Back at the Keep, Cole threatens to rape Mira, but is stopped when Jojen says he's seen him die tonight. At that moment, the Night's Watch attack. Several mutineers are quickly killed, but in the mayhem, Locke cuts Bran free in a bid to abduct him. Bran wargs into the mind of Hodor, who breaks out of his chains and snaps Locke's neck. Bran spots Jon fighting and almost goes to him, but is agonisingly persuaded to flee. Inside the keep, Jon kills Carl. Rast, who ran into the woods, is killed by Jon's direwolf ghost. After the battle, Jon has Craster's keep and the bodies of the dead burned. Stannis and Davos face one of their toughest tasks to date, trying to secure funds from the Iron Bank of Bravos. Tycho Nestoris, who's something like a bank manager, declines Stannis's request for funds. However, an impassioned speech from Davos sways him, and the pair leave with the money to push forward Stannis's claim for the throne. Davos uses some of the gold to recruit an old pirate friend, Salador San. Yara Greyjoy is headed for the Dreadfort in a bid to rescue Theon. She and her ironborn troops kill the castle guards. She finds her brother locked in a kennel, but he refuses to go with her, believing it's another of Ramsay's cruel tricks. He tells her he's always been weak and begins to panic. Ramsay enters with a group of Bolton soldiers and a fight ensues. Men from both sides are killed before Theon bites Yara and Ramsay releases his dogs, forcing her to retreat. At the waiting boats, Yara tells the men that Theon is dead. 
Theon's later rewarded with a bath. Ramsay tells him he needs his help to take Moat Kaelin and needs him to play the role of someone he's not, namely Theon Greyjoy. In Marine, Drogon torches a farmer's herd of goats. The herder brings the remains to Daenerys, who agrees to pay him three times their worth. She's also confronted by his Zoe Lorak, requesting permission to bury his father, one of the masters Daenerys crucified. He says his father was against the crucifixion of the slave children, but paid the price for Daenerys' justice. She grants his request. At a meeting of the small council, Tywin places a bounty on the head of the Hound, after hearing he's still alive. Meanwhile, the throne room is a who's who of King's Landing for the beginning of Tyrion's trial. Tommen excuses himself from proceedings and installs Tywin in his place as judge. Also judging are Prince Oberyn and Lord Mace Tyrell. Tyrion is shackled and led to the throne room before witnesses Merin Trant, Grand Maester Pycelle, Cersei and Varys take the stand, backing the accusations levelled at him. During recess, Jaime asks Tywin to spare Tyrion's life in exchange for him returning to Casterly Rock as Tywin's heir. Tywin says as long as Tyrion pleads for mercy after being found guilty, he'll be allowed to join the Night's Watch. Jaime passes this information to his brother, but he's met with distrust. A very bitter Shay takes to the witness stand next and falsely testifies that Tyrion and Sansa planned Joffrey's murder. She proceeds to embarrass him with talk of his sexual tastes. In anger, Tyrion shouts that he wishes to confess. Rather than confessing to murder, he confesses to being a dwarf and that his father has put him on trial for this crime. He tells the gathered folk of King's Landing he should have let Stannis kill them all and then tears into Cersei saying he wishes he had killed Joffrey, although he didn't. Tyrion closes his statement by demanding a trial by combat. Tyrion asks Jaime to be his champion in the upcoming trial by combat, but Jaime admits his left hand isn't up to much. Instead, Tyrion asks Jaime to find Bronn to fight against the Mountain, who Cersei has chosen as her champion. On the road to the Eyrie, the Hound and Arya are attacked by two criminals who were part of the Night's Watch caravan that smuggled Arya out of King's Landing after Ned's death. The Hound is bitten by one man before he kills him and asks the other why he attacked them. He explains that there's a bounty on his head for killing Lannisters and reveals that Joffrey is dead. Arya remembers the soldier as once threatening to rape her, so she stabs him in the heart. John returns to Castle Black and asks Alyssa Thorne to block the passage through the wall to stop the wildling army from using it. Sir Alyssa refuses as it would prevent them from doing their duties, frustrating John. Bronn visits Tyrion and says he won't fight on his behalf as the Lannisters have bought him off, but he also admits he's scared of the mountain. Bronn apologises for this and they still part on friendly terms. At Dragonstone, Melisandre talks Selyse through the powders and potions she uses to make people believe they've seen the Lord of Light's power. Selyse is aware of Melisandre and Stannis' sexual relationship, but condones it as an act in service of their god. In Marine, Dario tells Daenerys he only has two skills, fighting wars and loving women. He asks her to make proper use of him in either area, so she chooses the latter. Jorah sees Dario leaving Daenerys' chambers and advises her not to trust a sellsword. She reveals she has sent Dario and the Second Sons to retake Yunkai and execute all the Masters for betraying her. Jorah warns against this approach, so Daenerys agrees to offer the Masters a choice, her way or the highway. At their camp, Arya advises the Hound to cauterise his wound, but he refuses due to his fear of fire, emotionally explaining where the fear came from. The mountain once sadistically burnt him. Shocked by his outburst, Arya cleans and stitches the hound's wound for him. 
Brienne and Pod stop at an inn on the road and are served by Arya's friend Hot Pie. Brienne tells Hot Pie that they're looking for Sansa and has pledged to bring both Stark sisters home. As Brienne and Pod prepare to leave, Hot Pie nervously tells them that Arya is alive and is being held by the Brotherhood without banners along with the Hound. As Liza Aaron is Sansa and Arya's only living relative with money, Brienne and Pod decide to go to the Vale in case the Stark girls are there. Tyrion, now completely resigned to death, is visited by Oberyn Martell. Oberyn remembers meeting Tyrion when he was a baby and recalls Cersei's cruelty to her newborn brother and offers to fight as Tyrion's champion, giving him the opportunity to kill the Mountain, the man who raped and murdered his sister Elia. In a courtyard at the Eyrie, Sansa asks Littlefinger why he killed Joffrey and he says it was out of love for her mother Catelyn. He then says that in another world he might have been her father and then kisses her. It's pretty creepy and Sansa pulls away. Liza has witnessed the kiss and confronts Sansa, threatening to throw her through the moon door. Littlefinger calms her down by assuring her there is only one woman he has ever loved. Liza is relieved, but Littlefinger reveals he was talking about Catelyn and shoves her through the moon door. <coughs> Gilly is hiding in a brothel in Molestown when the wildlings attack, and as the residents are murdered, Egret discovers them but signals her to be quiet. Grey Worm is caught watching Missandei bathing in a river, which makes her wonder over several lengthy scenes as to whether the eunuch could ever <clears throat> love her. Reek is dressed up to resemble his former persona of Theon, and sent by Ramsay to make the Ironborn holding, the heavily defended castle at Moat Caelin, surrender. The Ironborn agree if their lives are spared. Ramsay flays the skin off them as soon as they leave the castle. In the Vale, Littlefinger is being interrogated by lords over Liza's death and are unconvinced at his claim she killed herself. Sansa, pretending to be his niece Elaine, is called to give evidence and reveals her true identity, and to Littlefinger's surprise, she backs his lie. The Lord of the Vale leaves satisfied, agreeing to support Littlefinger and the little Lord Robert Arryn. Sir Barristan Selmy, part of Daenerys' inner circle, is handed the note written by Lord Tywin two episodes previously. Jorah's secret, that he was originally a Lannister spy, is out. He begs Daenerys for forgiveness, but this dragon is not for turning, and Jorah is ordered out of the city. When Roose Bolton is told of the fall of Moat Kaelin, he rewards Ramsay for his cunning plan. Ramsay Snow is now officially made a legitimate son. From now on, he is Ramsay Bolton, an heir to the north. Arya and the Hound reach the Vale with the aim of handing her over to Aunt Liza. When told of Liza's unfortunate fall through the moon door, Arya breaks into hysterical laughter at the failure of yet another of their plans, unaware that her sister is alive and well in the Eyrie. Sir Gregor Clegane, the Mountain, and Oberyn Martell, the Red Viper of Dawn, fight in the trial of combat to decide Tyrion's fate. The rather confident Oberyn dances around the Mountain, jabbing at him, searching for weak points as the Mountain hacks and slashes with his great sword. Oberyn loudly declares in front of the court that the mountain killed his sister and her children, but asks who gave the orders to kill them. He expertly hamstrings the mountain and stabs him to the ground with his poisonous spear. He seemingly won. Before finishing the job, though, he demands a confession from the mountain, but is standing too close. The mountain grabs him, smashes out his teeth, and brutally crushes his head open like a two-week-old watermelon. <laughs> Tyrion Lannister is sentenced to death, and we all throw up in our mouths. Sam and Jon Snow are on top of the wall, watching for Mance Raider's wildling army. 
they discussed John and Egret's relationship as well as the looming battle. A then who's walked into an L observes all that's happening at the wall and reveals just how weak the Night's Watch is. Egret warns the others that Jon Snow is hers to kill and hers alone. Gilly, spared by Egret in the raid on Molestown, arrives at Castle Black, but her reunion with Sam is interrupted by a horn sounding. Mance Raider's army has arrived. The wildlings south of the wall see the huge beacon fires lit and prepare for their attack too. Sam hides Gilly and the baby in the castle kitchens to protect them during the battle. Gilly pleads with him to stay with her where it's safe, but Sam needs to fight. Instead, he leaves her with a kiss. As the wildling army emerges from the forest to the north, accompanied by giants and mammoths, holy crap, horns from below announce Egret and the raiders are attacking from the south. The raiders storm the castle gates. Sir Alisa descends to help the fight and leaves the wall in Janos Slint's less than capable hands. He soon bottles it and hides in the same kitchen as Gilly, leaving John in command as the wildlings begin to climb the wall. Sam and Pip use crossbows to fight back until one of Egret's arrows takes Pip through the neck and he dies in Sam's arms. Killing a then, Sam makes it into the cage, which is like a big lift on a winch that transports the Night's Watch from the top of the wall down to Castle Black. He orders a cowering Ollie to send him up, who, emboldened, joins the fight. Barrels of flaming oil pour down on the giants and enrages one enough to lift the outer gate. In the tunnel under the wall, Gren and five men face the giant. They recite the vows of the Night's Watch and bravely meet their fate. Jon Snow joins the fight against the wildlings, facing the largest and most brutal of the Thens. Egret spots him and takes aim but doesn't fire as the Then batters him. Jon Snow fells him with a hammer, only to come face to face with his love preparing to fire at him. She hesitates for a moment. John smiles lovingly at her, just as an arrow pierces her heart. Ollie, holding the bow, nods to John, proud of his kill. Egret takes one last opportunity to tell Jon Snow that he knows nothing, and the world weeps. The castle is saved from the raiders, but the huge wildling army beyond the wall remains. John passes through the tunnel, stepping over the corpses of Gren and the giant he killed. He's going to kill Mance Raider. Beyond the wall, Jon Snow is walking alone through the corpses left after the previous episode's battle. The wildlings surround him and lead him to Mance Raider. They drink to the memory of Egret, and Jon is about to kill Mance when horns sound an attack. Thousands of knights charge into the wildling camp. The cavalry is under the command of King Stannis and quickly cut down the wildling fighters. Mance Raider surrenders to save his people, although he refuses to kneel to Stannis. John convinces Stannis to take Mance prisoner rather than executing him on the spot. Over in King's Landing, the maesters are prodding Sir Gregor, the mountain, who is clinging to life after being poisoned by Oberyn's spear. The rather experimental Kyburn thinks that the mountain can be saved, sort of. Lord Tywin insists Cersei will marry Sir Loras, while Cersei insists that she will stay with her son Tommen and threatens to reveal her incest to the world. When she leaves her outraged father, she goes to Jaime to reignite that incest. Daenerys is hearing from petitioners in her throne room when a man appears with a bundle of bones. One of the dragons has killed his daughter. Daenerys can't stand to see any more dead children and leads two of her dragons into the dungeons beneath the pyramid. Crying, she attaches chains to them and leaves them in the dark. Drogon, the largest dragon, has gone AWOL. 
The Night's Watch burn their dead and Tormund, who was captured, tells John to take Egret beyond the wall and burn her remains where she belonged. In the far north, Bran, Hodor, Mira and Jojen reach the giant heart tree from Jojen's visions. Undead whites spring from beneath the snow and kill Jojen. The others are saved when one of the children of the forest appears. They're a race of little magical forest dwellers long thought extinct. Throwing fireballs, she drives off the whites. Inside the cave beneath the tree, magic is keeping the whites from entering, Bran is taken to an old man who's entwined in its roots. This is the three-eyed raven. Bran asks if he can make him walk again. No, he says, but he will make him fly. When Brienne stumbles across Arya Stark, the Hound steps between them and refuses to hand her over. In a vicious fight, Brienne throws the Hound off a cliff, but Arya escapes. Arya finds the Hound severely injured. He asks her for a quick death, but Arya leaves him to suffer alone. Before he's executed, Jaime frees Tyrion from his cell. Parting in the tunnels beneath the Red Keep, Tyrion climbs up to his father's chambers. Lying in Lord Tywin's bed is Tyrion's lover, Shay. Plot twist, she had more than one lion. She tries to stab him, but Tyrion grabs her necklace and regrettably throttles her to death. Tyrion finds Lord Tywin sitting on the toilet. Pointing a crossbow at him, they then have an intimate family discussion. When Tywin utters the word whore once too often, Tyrion shoots him, leaving him to die. In the tunnels below the castle, a panicking Varys puts Tyrion in a crate to smuggle him from the city as horns have signalled an emergency. In a port, Arya finds a ship on the way to Bravos. She only has one coin to pay with, though, the coin Jack and Hagar gave her. The captain recognises it immediately. Valar Magulis, says Arya. Valar de Harris, says the captain. And Arya crosses the sea with her back to Westeros. Thanks for listening. Hope it's been helpful. You can watch every single episode of Game of Thrones seasons 1 to 7 with Sky's ultimate on-demand TV pack. And the final season is coming to Sky Atlantic on the 15th of April. For more details, head over to sky.com. Listen, if you've enjoyed this, I would love it if you subscribed. We've got loads more shows where this came from, and we'd love you to join us for them. If you know someone who needs to get up to speed with Thrones in time for that launch on April the 15th on Sky Atlantic, just send them our way. A five-star review wherever you get your podcasts from would also be absolutely fantastic. If you've got any feedback, have I pronounced a name wrong? I hope I haven't. Or ideas for a show that we should be covering. We'll almost certainly be doing the big ones, but you never know. There may be others that we've missed. Let us know. I'd love to hear from you over on Twitter. You can find us at previous podcast or just email us hello at previouslyon.co.uk previously on is presented by jamie east and is a daft doris production
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.